Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a podcast featuring interviews and stories related to music. You can find us on iTunes and on your interwebs at musicliferadio.com. Today on the program, we feature the band Moon Hooch. They're a Brooklyn-based collaborative trio featuring Mike Wilbur and Wenzel McGowan, both playing tenor saxophone and James Mushler on drums. They formed in the summer of 2010 after meeting each other at the New School in New York City. They have a very unique approach to their music in that they write it and compose it as electronic music, you know, that dance and house type music. But then they go out and they perform it using traditional instruments, the saxophone and acoustic drums. Their primary mission is to make music that people can dance to and feel good about and that's exactly what they do and they do it very well i'm pleased to have these three fabulous young musicians on the program today but first let's listen to a little moon hooch this background music that we're checking out right now is their song entitled rush hour Why don't you guys just go around the room there and introduce yourselves, tell us your name, your primary instrument in the band, and I'd like to know a little bit about your musical background prior to forming Moon Hooch. My name is Wanson McGowan, and I'm born in Spain in the Canary Islands, and uh, I lived in Germany, Austria, and Portugal, and a little bit in France, and I moved 2007 to New York, and I started two years at the new school, and then dropped out. And now I'm playing in Moonhooch, tenor saxophone. And I'm James. I play drums in Moonhooch. And I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I spent, so far I've spent four years in New York City. And I studied drums, uh, tabla, and some frame drum. And I also compose and I play piano. All righty. And I'm Mike Wilber. 
Uh, I play tenor saxophone in Moon Hooch. Uh, I've been playing for 13 years. I'm from Brockton, Massachusetts. I have a background in jazz and uh, improvised music. I also compose. I went to UMass Amherst for a year and studied classical saxophone. And then I transferred to the new school, and I've been there for two years, um, going on, on to my third year and my graduating year now. All right, so how did you guys all meet and form Moon Hooch? We were playing one summer. We were playing with different people in the subway. Last summer. Yeah, yeah last summer. Last, yeah. last summer. Like five months ago. <clears throat> like with different people, different groups. We were just playing in the subway in the parks. And we are playing jazz and free jazz. And I, I produce electronic music and I write electronic music for different groups. So I just one day thought, maybe I'll just write something like electronic music for two saxophones. So we did that, and all of a sudden people were dancing and giving us much more money. And since that, we developed a style that is based on electronic music and all our individual influences and musical backgrounds add up to the style of Moonridge. Why do you think there's such an appeal for your music? I've I was playing this for some of my friends. People of all ages seem to really dig your sound. Do you have any ideas on that? I think part of that may be because um, electronic music is so accessible in this day and age. And it's rare that you find uh, the kind of chemistry and energy that exists in a live group playing this kind of music. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, the saxophone is an instrument that was really popular, like... 40s and 50s. Yeah, 40s, 50s. 60s. So people that are like, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, really like the saxophone because that was a a very popular instrument in their young ages. And we are playing, um, but we're playing with the saxophone music from today. So it's it's a combination out of of, of a very wide variety of styles. Mm -hmm. And also, we, you know, we're, I'm 21, Wenzel's 21, James is now 22, and, you know, people can relate to us because um, they're in our age group and, you know, we listen to the same kind of music they do also. And also, I think I think a lot of it has to do with just the energy that we portray in the subway. So the three of us are really good friends as well, and I feel like that um, positive energy comes out in the music. And I think people can feel that. Yeah, it's really electric. I really, really dig it. Very cool stuff. I feel like in this group, I feel like I can express myself the best. Like my personality can come out the best. And the same with James and the same with Wilbur. And together, we really can show what we feel. Because our individual personalities Mm -hmm. fit together and allow the free energy flow through in the group. And we play so much together. We play like, I mean, this this week we played every day like six hours together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it's like we 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 developed together a repertoire of not just the songs and not just the harmony, but we know what everybody is capable of doing and might do. And without thinking about it, together we find ourselves in places that we never thought the music would go. But we all were just like so synchronized that we went into that place. It's like, it's a very 
it, it almost feels sometimes like the whole group is one instrument to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely agree with that. Nah, very good. Can you tell us uh, where this name came from, Moon Hooch? What's the story behind the name? It, it started because in the summer we needed a way to make money. Once we came up with the idea of you know playing this kind of music, and people started asking us, oh, well, you know, what's the name of your guys' group? And we didn't think people would be that into it, honestly. <laughs> and, uh, you know? So... We we just said, you just okay. said you just said. I, 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 I don't know I just said oh we're called Moon Juice and <laughs> and we we went with that for a while and then we found out as people got more into it, we found out you know oh maybe there's another band so we, so we looked up on Google um, Moon Juice and there were like four other bands like called eight other bands eight yeah other bands. <laughs> it was like impossible to like find there's no yeah there's no way you like could, we made you a could. MySpace and you couldn't find it you know yeah. <laughs> so so we looked through the thesaurus. And, uh, you know, look for synonyms to juice, alcohol, and we, I don't know, somehow we got to hooch, and we thought it was good because there were two O's in both words, whatever. I mean, yeah. that's basically how it happened. And then James signed up for a Yahoo account because he liked the two O's in Yahoo. <laughs> so now our email is hooch <laughs> at yahoo.com. Six O's. Nice, yeah, so. that's a lot of O's. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got another question for you. How, why... Two tenor saxophones. What's the uh, idea behind that? Did you plan that out, or is it just that that was a tube that you were playing? It, it really was just a coincidence because we live next to each other. You know, I live across the hall from these guys, and I met Wenzel only about five months ago, and we both played tenor. Yeah, and we were both doing very different kind of stuff, and uh, we both needed a way to make money. And this one day, I was out uh, with my other friend drummer playing, and. Um, I got a call from these guys saying that they were playing in Washington Square Park and that we should both, you know, play double drum set, double tenor. So we went we went out to the Washington Square Park arch and we played and it people loved it, you know. So we were like, oh, we should do this again, but with one drummer. So that's <laughs> what so we did. And then it just it just kind of stuck. Huh. Now, what's your uh, drum configuration? What are you playing there, James? Um, well, uh, at the moment, I'm playing a bass drum, snare drum, hi-hat. Um, and I have, I have two cymbals stacked on top of one another. One's a flat ride and one's a crash. And recently, I added a high-tom that I keep above my snare drum for a kind of electronic high-timbre. Yeah. And I'm going to continue to add more and more sounds as time goes on. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, that's right. I got a cowbell mounted on my bass drum. Yeah. Do you try to keep it stripped down just for portability? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it is. <laughs> Once, maybe uh, somewhere down the line, if we get a car, I'll bring like some monster kit on the road or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but for now, yeah, I, li- I like the compactness of it. So we even talked about um, getting a what is it called? The thing that welds stuff. A welder. A welder. No, but something. Yeah. To get like a, a welder and and build like like a percussion rag that you can put on the bass drum or something, you know, like with like pots on it and like bicycle tires and all kinds of weird sounds. We talked about that for a while. Maybe we're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would work. I've seen some people do stuff like that. You talked briefly about this, but can you guys talk about your musical influences? Oh, all three of us have such different influences and similar ones at the same time. I'd say 
um, one common denominator would be uh, John Coltrane. John Coltrane. <laughs> yeah, we all pretty much worship John Coltrane. I mean, maybe and, you, maybe we say each individual ones. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I, for me, uh, I'm really influenced by Albert Eiler, Peter Brosman. These are tenor saxophonists. John Coltrane. Um, also, Dexter Gordon, uh, Lester Young, um, you know, Elvin Jones, drummer. Um, I used to listen to Metallica a lot, uh, some death metal bands, a lot of rock, a lot of different jazz, all kinds of different jazz, avant-garde jazz, a lot of classical music, Mahler, Brahms, uh, Morton Feldman, John Cage, 20th century composers, such as those guys, but along those lines. I, uh, I started listening, I guess, well, I guess when I really thought, or when I really got serious about music, I started listening to, like, hip-hop and metal and transcribing those those sounds, and I got into ska and punk music for a while in high school, and then I really got into jazz and um, started listening to a lot of 60s stuff and bebop, and uh, then I started again getting into experimental music and 20th century composers uh, like Georgi Leggetti and Karl Heinz Stockhausen. And it wasn't until recently, maybe like uh, seven or eight months ago, that I started getting into electronic music. Oh, and uh, I'm also studying um, Indian classical music with Samir Chatterjee. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, nice. And I'm doing this serious, intense study with at the moment. Oh, okay. How about you, Wenzel? I pretty much started out with John Coltrane. I was I was really into painting, like so obsessively into painting before I picked up the saxophone. Um, that I really had no like favorite musicians until I was like eleven when I gave up painting and extremely seriously devoted myself to saxophone and transcribed everything from culture I could find, and then I got into Charlie Parker. Then all the bebop saxophone players, Sonny Rollins, Sonny Stitt. Yeah, I did backwards. And, <laughs> and then into modern saxophone players like Mark Turner and Jerry Bergonzi. And then I went totally into electronic music and started producing writing programs. And I'm influenced a lot by Dead Mouse, um, Mode Selector, um, Siri Asmo, um, Kelvin Harris. Um, all kinds of electronic musicians that are out there today. And, yeah, that's about it. All right. So, Wenzel, you mentioned that you're uh, influenced a bit by art, painting. Do James or uh, <clears throat> Mike, do you have any other influences outside of music? Well, actually, my mom is uh, my mom is an illustrator, so I, I was heavily exposed to art uh, in my upbringing, which I, 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 I could pretty confidently say that I draw a lot of inspiration from and I'm also really into nature and um, uh, theoretical physics oh, and nice. string theory and things like that I draw a lot of inspiration from those I'm really into I guess you could say I'm really into the like cosmology I'm really into that yeah I, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be along the same lines with, with James I'm really into a lot of modern I guess you would call it modern pages. No, it's not modern anymore. Like uh, Jackson Pollock, Mark Rothko, uh, those kind of guys. And um, also you know, very into being with nature 
And when I was younger, I wanted to be an astronomer, actually. I was always amazed by the cosmos and the planets and you know, the ether that creates our universe. But that is you know, everything. So it looks like you guys play a lot in the subway. Um, all your videos on YouTube appear to be you guys jamming in the subway. <laughs> what, what, what's the draw of the subway? It's, it's, it, I think we get a kick out of it almost. Like We never know what kind of situation we get in, but we always know that we get the next day like up to 360 hits and plays on our website and 50 friends add us on Facebook. It's and we get a new gig almost every week from playing in the subway. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's turned out to be a really, really it's, it's effective just like, and efficient promotional tool just to be able to play play music for a different for a different set of people every day. You know. Yeah, and just to make people happy on the train station, everybody, everybody usually looks so pissed off because they live in New York City <laughs> and work all the time. And well, I think we help to make them. You know, make them have a 10-minute period of joy in their day that they probably not have otherwise. <laughs> I mean, some people, some people look really miserable. <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, and yeah. then you'd be surprised, you know? Just a little bit of four on the floor gets them going. Do you guys have any favorite stations uh, that you'd like to play at? And is there a particular time or day of the week that you like to play? Union Square L train during the weekends. That's my favorite spot. Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. Atlantic Avenue. Oh yeah, yeah Atlantic Avenue is Avenue nice too. Really yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. We always get a good response there. Yeah, we got a crazy response actually. We like, used to play late at night all the time, like uh, until two, three in the morning. We'd get the partiers, but lately we've been just doing from around two to eight uh, in the afternoon, catching rush hour, which is nice. Because everybody, everybody's sober and uh, they can actually remember what we're called and what we sounded like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had, we've had some really weird experiences late night. Yeah, very strange. Very strange. Yeah, people, people yeah. trying to follow us and rob our money. And stuff oh, remember like that. that one, the acid lady? Remember her? 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was, that was insane. This yeah. was this one lady. It wasn't even Halloween. It was it was just a day in October, like beginning of October. This crazy lady that looked like the Queen of Hearts or something <laughs> walks up to me, and she's just like, "All right, me and you, let's go." And I'm like, "Okay." And she just is like, <laughs> sounding exactly but, like that. They're like way, way cooler crazier and uh and i just started like squealing back at her and we had a two-minute squeal sesh and uh it was a good time this was while you were playing or after you were done yeah like uh, in, in between songs, songs. Yeah. Uh, okay so was she trying to sing to the music or was she just uh i think she was just trying to i don't know she was just a really inspired artist too <laughs> <laughs> inspired yeah really inspired yeah, so one she, guy actually leaned in to whisper something in my ear, and he licked my neck. That was that. That was that, strange. That freaked me out. Yeah, we get yeah. freaks. Oh, that, that that old woman from Oklahoma that wanted to take James home. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's not get into that. Yeah, I mean, there's you always have to be prepared to like deal with weird things in the subway. It's just it's New York, and there you know there's so many people, and a lot of people are insane. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> including us, including us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's 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 always interesting what you experience. Any other interesting stories from any gigs that you've done? Yesterday we had a pretty nice gig. We yeah, we got an easy. email. We got an email saying, "Do you want to play in our office party?" Oh wow! They like saw us on the subway and then saw us again on YouTube and and thought. Oh, and thought they wanted us to play for the office party. So we said, fine, you know, we didn't think, I thought like an office party where everybody's like standing around and stuff. But it turned out the office and the company was a club, you know? Oh, a wow. dance club. So it was a, it was a crazy dance party. And like strobe lights and, and the last disco minute, In the last minute, we called our photographer and said, we're going to pay for a cab if she, if she comes down. <laughs> <laughs> like, she arrived the next minute and took pictures of the crazy party. It was nice. What's the most incredible set that you remember playing in the subway? Mm-hmm. The one that I can remember it was at Union Square when there were. Do you remember that time? It was late night, and there were three hundred people around us. It was just all you could see was people. And then James took that solo, that drum solo. Oh, wasn't Halloween? I don't think. Me, you know. Maybe it was Halloween. Halloween Friday or something. Like the day before Halloween. No, it was, I remember it was way before Halloween. I just, it was the first time we got a crazy response. And we were just surrounded by people dancing. In the subway. In the, on, on, I mean, Halloween was pretty crazy too. Yeah. Was, Halloween was insane. There were like mimes coming up to us and yeah, that going was crazy. Hunter S. Thompson was getting down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Talk to me a little bit about your songwriting process. How do you guys put together a song? Wenzel, Wenzel does most of his composing on the computer. Actually, he uses uh, Ableton Live and um, uh, sampling and stuff like that. And I do most of my composing at the piano. Um, yeah. But I, I think um, I'm going to make the switch to Ableton pretty soon because it seems like a really um, efficient tool for writing this kind of music. Because, well, like for instance, before we started this interview... We were in the process of memorizing um, a new a new song that James wrote, and uh, Wenzel took what James wrote from the piano, put it onto Ableton, and then we split the tracks up. So I I, I usually play bass lines, 
man, I'm, I just put on my headphones, put, put the track on the iPod and then just transcribe it and memorize it. And, uh, Munch was doing the same thing. And it's pretty, cause, because we had to memorize the songs and it's for, I'd say for me, at least it's easier to memorize from hearing it and playing it over and over with a track than trying to read it and memorize it that way. Yeah. It becomes a more internal thing. That I way. think, I think Ableton is also very usual, uh, usual, very useful in the process of, of composing for Moonhood because, um, I try to make the song, I, d I don't just write the song, but I also try to make effects on it. Like, for example, a filter opens over the course of a line and a reverse symbol. And then we try to imitate this with the instruments we have. So, for example, Mean Wilbur started growling into the saxophone to imitate the opening of a, of a low-cut filter. And... And James started those buzz rolls on an opening hi-hat imitating, you know, a noise sweep or, or, or like a reversed and stretched cymbal. So we, we try to like, we try to get the electronic sound with the instruments we have. Yeah. When you're creating on the computer, are you trying to create a song that's like an electronic song or are you trying to use actual saxophones in the... Totally. I use, I use software synthesizers. I totally produced the song electronically. So it actually would sound a lot different. Oh yeah, it, yeah. I have completely. Most of the songs like I have a complete track of them how they would sound, you know, electronically produced. I got another question I like to ask everybody that I interview, and this is a pretty personal question about your relation to music. And if you could each just go around the room and tell me what does music mean to you? Wow, that's a really difficult question. Uh, um, I guess I guess when I answer these kinds of questions, I'm I'm hesitant to like actually give my honest opinion because I'm going to sound crazy if I do, but I will anyways. Um, but I think that music is the pervasive cosmic force that sort of unites everything in the universe 
because in music and um, I guess in its, in its purest fundamental form is just vibration, um, which is, and the same can be said for every, every, um, every particle in the universe. So that's kind of a holistic philosophical way of explaining it, but it's, it's kind of the essence of the inspiration that I have when I compose and uh, perform and improvise music. Very profound. I like it. Yeah, I, I would actually completely agree with James. Um, for me, it's pretty much the defining quality of my life, I guess. I, don't know, I, I really don't know what I would do without it. I mean, I wouldn't do anything without it because it's what I do all the time. Um, I'm always very aware of all sound around me, especially after studying um, John Cage and uh, Stockhausen and reading what they have had to say about music. But, um, yeah, pretty much what James said. <laughs> um, it, it, I feel like it connects every energy in the universe. Everything is connected through vibration and that is what sound is. And yeah. yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that for all of us, me once one and Mike, that, that what's so appealing about music is that it can be understood by anybody right. um, in any context. And it brings uh, a deeper meaning to the art form. I feel to, to have that understanding. Yeah. We're, we're more, I, I kind of like to look at it as when I play music, I'm, a sculptor of sound, you know, it's, it's, everything is already like, uh, Mike, Mike. Okay. For instance, Michelangelo said, it's pretty, you know, famous kind of cliche thing, but he said that, um, the sculpture is already in the stone. You just have to uncover it basically. Yeah. It's like the music's already there, but it's up for us to play it. Right. We just have to to find it. Really. I feel like, um, music for me is like painting with emotions. Like, Painting, you can resemble nature. And film, you can resemble nature. But music, music, you can't resemble nature. With music, I think you resemble emotions. Like, I feel like I can play something and see my emotions reflect in the audience. Mm. And I think, to me, it's the most interesting and most profound art because of that. I agree. I, I feel it. It really depends on what I'm playing with. Sometimes I like to, I try to create music that doesn't resemble anything human at all, really just to resemble something completely not human, something that you would maybe never think of hearing or never want to hear even, you know, maybe create music that will make somebody want to crawl out of their own skin you know just that's, that's the beauty that's the beauty of music you can do anything with it you can make somebody you know be extremely happy and buy their mother's flowers after hearing it or you can make somebody jump off a bridge you know it's extreme music music is definitely yeah. driven people to those states in history so yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very true Oh, you guys seem to be gaining a lot of buzz, and it sounds like these subway shows are really <clears throat> getting people's attention. What is uh, next for you guys as a band? Um, we're planning in in the summer to make it a thing, the Moon Hooch Outdoor Rave. 
Um, we did already one in November where we let all our fans know at a certain time we're gonna play in a park. And we 300 something people came out and it was just a crazy dance party in a park in the Washington Square Park. And we, we want to make those parties even bigger and even more frequent and even more well known throughout the summer. And then eventually have such a fan base that we can pretty much play any club and fill it. Are you guys, are you guys playing a lot of clubs right now? Not so many, but we are. Last okay. night and on the 22nd, we have a gig at uh, this club called the Frying Pan. It's on the Hudson River, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's on the Hudson River. Um, it's open to the public, pretty sure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. open to the public, and well, we it's all ages, right? Yeah, no, it's twenty one. Oh, twenty one. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good show. And there's, gonna, there's some DJs and another band playing. Um, it's gonna be fun. What other kinds of bands do you usually play with? I mean, your music's pretty unique. So, I, would you play more with DJs, or do you uh, play with other live bands? Or? Well, the show that we have coming up on Saturday, we're playing with a band called the Atypicals. That once actually plays a laptop and saxophone in, and there's a keyboard player and a singer slash guitarist. And then um, after that is a DJ. And yesterday we shared the club with a DJ. Um, pretty much anything that makes people dance. Is that safe to say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we play dance music, and we play. We want to play with other people that will make people dance, and yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when are you going to be putting together a full length album? Have you been working on that already? I think spring. We've been been thinking about it. Yeah, we 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 we're wondering how we should. We need to raise some money before we can do that. Yeah, we're we're trying to get around what three grand or something. It's going to take a while, but we're working on it. Because we need money to print. We have already a couple of tracks recorded, but we have a lot of new songs that we want to get recorded. And we're we're really honestly not that you know we we could we could do much better recording. The last recording we did was in isolation booths, and um, this next recording is definitely going to be a live recording with yeah. all of us together. I think it's really it's a really good thing that we waited so long too because. Uh, if you think about how we sounded when we started, oh, the sound yeah. has evolved in such a different direction that, yeah. you know, I think the first al- album should be um, exemplary of sort of the end result of the progression of things that have, mm-hmm. that have happened. This is not the end result, you know, because who knows what we'll sound like in 10 years. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. You guys plan to play together for a long time? Yeah, as long as, as, long as we can stand each other. <laughs> <laughs> What other interests do you guys have uh, on an individual basis, like hobbies? I really like to cook and bake. Yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I've been running lately. James whipped my ass this morning. He's a lot faster than I am. Um, I, don't know, I like to work out. I used to, I used to be really into martial arts, actually. Um, I did martial arts for about 10 years, and I was very serious about it, but... I would get injuries. I'd hurt my face, and I need my face to play saxophone, <laughs> yeah. fingers and stuff like that. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I like to do um, visual arts. Um, I do animation and writing programs um, or software instruments. 
every, every uh, one of my goals is to like have complete control over the computer to like think of anything and be able to write a program that does what I was thinking about um, that's a hobby of mine I would say I, yeah I also I write a lot um, write a lot of poetry and um, I write short stories and stuff like that but, I mean, okay. if, I, if I can't be playing music I usually need to be creating something I consider myself a completely terrible visual artist but I still really enjoy just seeing what different colors will look like together and you know just because um, color is vibration also it's it's all related like we were talking about earlier but yeah actually the other night we all painted together that um, was fun yeah that was cool yeah, that was good, good stuff how can people find out more about your music check us out on all of our all of our sites Facebook send us emails bother us ask us questions <laughs> um, look check out our band camp we're going to be putting up some, some new tracks. You know, we're going to be working on this album. So we'll, we're going to make that open to the public. And um, I don't know. Ask us when we're playing. We'll try and post when we're playing. I feel, I feel like the YouTube videos especially uh, is, a, is a good example of, of the kind of energy that, that we're trying to produce that I'd, I'd, I guess I'd say doesn't really show up as much on the recordings. But um, uh-huh. I, think, I think with the album... Uh, that's going to come in a few months. I feel like the energy is going to be uh, much more accurate. Okay, but those uh, YouTube videos, who shoots those? Do you have somebody come down specifically to no, shoot those? Or those they're, they're all just random people with their yeah. iPhones or whatever. Actually, what's happening right now is like we get so many videos posted of of random people just posting the videos that we have to ask them to take them down because we, we want that. We want to have like if somebody Google's or not Google's searches our name in YouTube that that the the best videos come up and and the newer ones yeah because some yeah because sometimes we work with professional video artists you know that that actually take nice videos and what has been happening yeah, that quality, that yeah, yeah that you look for you search our name and you find forty videos <laughs> that are like what like thirty seconds long. With a really bad quality and, and yeah, it's like, you know, it's like a like BlackBerry a, camera, <laughs> with like a cardboard sign, and, yeah. and like you couldn't find the videos like that we actually wanted to show the people. Yeah, <laughs> and so so we have been like asking people if they could untag us or like ch- change the name, and yeah. All right, is there anything else you guys uh, want to promote? Um, the show on the 22nd would be good for now, which is going to be at the Frying Pan. That is a historic boat that was sunken and pulled up again and turned into a dance club. Sunken in North Carolina, right? I don't know where it was yeah. sunken, but it looks extremely freaky in the inside. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's going to be, it's gonna be a blast eerie, dancing yeah. inside this eerie boat. Yeah, it's going to be good times. Good okay. jams. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for spending some time and doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, thank we you. love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Moon Hooch for the interview. Check them out in the New York City subways or other venues. Check out their website moonhooch.bandcamp.com 
They've got a Facebook page, Twitter. Man, I'm going to be keeping tabs on these guys. And again, this is Moon Hooch with their song, Strollin'. Excuse me while I get up and shake my booty. Thanks again for checking out Music Live Radio, and we'll see you next time. Some last-minute advice from Moon Hooch. You always have to be prepared to like deal with weird things in the subway. It's just it's New York, and there you know there's so many people, and a lot of people are insane.